Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside John. Hey! Just us again. Um, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not just us. Hello YouTube and hello Twitter. Yes, and the three people who are probably watching us on YouTube or Twitter. Um, so, uh, yes, we're, you're, <laughs> you're one of them. So at least we'll have some, well, at least we'll have one watcher, which is great. Uh, yes, we are, uh, I think, in a, in a way to make uh, John even lazier, so it gives him an even easier job. Um, <laughs> we decided to uh, go live with the podcast this year, just so that we don't have to do the editing part of the video to throw it up onto YouTube. I'm guessing that's the reason why, John, is it? Uh, I'll defer to Dave on that, considering the video podcast originally was his idea, and so was the YouTube Live. It's just taken us, I'm going to say, three years to finally get round to it, and he's yeah. not even here for it. But he's got a good reason, let's be fair. Yeah, no, uh, both boy, uh, both uh, Aaron and Dave are um, on family duties tonight. Um, I think Aaron's just back from that there, London, um, and mm. I think has a, a case of chicken pox in the house with uh, his child. So um, that's fun times dealing with that. Um, John, did you see my nice new background that I... I did. It's lovely. I'm liking the LEDs. I'm also liking the, the McLaren hanging there. Just here on the side. I kind of forget that it's mirrored. So yeah, this side. Yeah, I kind of... this uh, Last year, towards the end of last year, um, I was kind of... When we were doing more of the, the video stuff, um, I was kind of getting a bit more jealous each week as I seen both your background um, kind of morphing into what it became and also Aaron's background. And I thought, I need to step up my game. So uh, this is the start of it. I'm going to add some more stuff to this part of the wall here. So Very nice. I think progress. the only addition I have is my, my lovely new uh, hat display wall. Uh, yeah. Everyone, everyone who knows me knows that I love a hat, uh, so I, I now have a lovely display wall for them. Nice, and you have to add more to that this year. Then, whenever it comes to the the new merchandise this year, um, we are going to have a just a quick um, catch up um, for uh, this episode, um, mostly just to kind of have a quick rundown of really what it is um i suppose just a kind of catch up of the off season so far uh the last time we got together john uh, was june time um and we had a bit of a, a breakdown of how things were standing at that point uh a number of different changes in relation to you know we had coaches in and out we had players starting to leave um but now sitting here at the start of a day just at the tail end of july start of august we're starting to get a bit more of a clear picture and a clear understanding of where teams are starting to move to um when in relation to kind of like how you know, rosters are starting to kind of become full um and and we're heading towards the tail end of august where we're going to see the first parts of um i suppose the 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 warm-up games the the preseason games will start um with the, i think the belfast giants and cardiff i think are the first ones at the tail end of august um but before we get to that um we do have some news of to talk about um, and we're going to catch up with some of that but we want to talk about two main ones to start off with um obviously um over the last um, number of weeks um last week particularly we got the sad news um coming through of the untimely death of mike hammond um mike hammond um was uh, previously of the nottingham panthers um has just left the team there this past year um he was a great britain international player as well um ice from manchester and glasgow in the elite league and unfortunately uh, passed away um in, in North America um, just over uh, a week ago. Um, obviously, the, the, the LA League was shocked and, and just completely silenced by his death, um, just sudden passing, um, obviously through, I think it was a car crash, unfortunately. Um, 
and and all of our thoughts and stuff to the family and friends of Mike. And uh, it's just it's, it's a tough one. Um, I know I was reading John that he had signed. I think Glasgow had mentioned that he had signed for them this year potentially moving forward. He, he was signed as a contract for them in the 2023-2024 season. I mean, it's just a an, a great Brit player who who we've lost unfortunately. Yeah, um, really, really sad. Uh, Mike was uh, an EIHL stalwart uh, at his time before the EIHL as well, and a GB stalwart as well, um, playing in, in this year's World Championships as well. So um, really, really sad guy taking along before his time um, and a, what would have been a, a great career cut uh, cut short, unfortunately. So like you say, our thoughts go to his, his friends, his family, and to his teammates uh, past and what, what would have been present this year as well. Yeah, um, I did see that uh, Nottingham um, put out a, a, a tribute to him for this coming season where they have uh, his his name and, and a number and, and um, uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a banner outside the arena, um, which I believe will be there throughout the season um, as, a, as a nice kind of gesture towards uh, his memory for this coming season. Um, you know, uh, as, as John said, we... yeah. We, we put out our, our, our biggest condolence, our thoughts and prayers to them and his family at this time. I also wanted to mention, John, as well, um, before we move on to the next part, is we also have um, another young player who unfortunately passed away um, at the tail end of June. Um, the Elite League was saddened to learn of the passing of Alex Graham as well. He was a 20-year-old 20 20 young player um, who had just signed his first contract, with, his first professional contract, as you say, with Sheffield Steelers. Um, he had appeared for them um, in his debut in 2019, but he's signed his first full-time contract. Again, another young player, another young Brit player um, who unfortunately has, has passed away, unfortunately. And, and again, our, our thoughts and prayers to that family as well. Um, I, I believe his, his his funeral was this week. Um, and again, just another young player that was just left too soon. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a tough We know that uh, people have tough times. And uh, we know that every year we have the, the Bell Let's Talk uh, campaign. So um, let's just... It's not just one day a year. Uh, let's let's keep the conversation going, everyone. Uh, everyone has has bad days. Um, find someone to chat to. Uh, our our DMs are always open, uh, either through the podcast or uh, personally. You can see Martin, my handles uh, down below our names there. So yeah, there, there's always someone to talk to you guys. Yeah, no, that's uh, well said, John. Um, we just wanted to, obviously we wanted we we we, could, we wouldn't be remiss if we didn't mention that obviously at the start of our podcast we felt that that was important to mention um obviously and, and pair our, our condolences and, and give our shout outs as well and our thoughts and and, and prayers at this time for all of that um but we will move on to um our next part of our podcast obviously and kind of get a, a catch up I suppose John uh, of you know how we are how we're kind of sitting at the end of July um as I mentioned before coming into the the the, the, the tail end the, the last part of this off season most teams are put together um, or a lot of teams are, are starting to kind of put together and form um still a few names probably and still a few signings still to be announced for a few teams um but let's start off with the first announcement which isn't actually a player but um after our last podcast we had a bit of a chat around the changes that were happening up north um there in Scotland and close to home to you John uh in the and five flyer uh, in the five there five flyers have announced the appointment of a new head coach in the form of um 
sorry, in Tom Cullen um, for the 2023-2024 season. Uh, this obviously came off the the back of the announcement of people stepping down there. Um, you know, long term, long time head coach Todd Dudium and, and assistant coach Jeff Hutchins. Uh, John, first off, you know we we've been talking about this for a long, the long time. You know, obviously the, the we, we look at the creden- we look at the credentials that this new this new coach has. You know, Colin coming in for for the Fife. Uh, we talked about how Fife have almost became stagnant over the last number of years, shall we say? Um, sticking to the same form format, same to the sticking to the same routine, not seeming to pull any triggers in relation to the fact that they've addressed any issues in relation to the fact that they have. Came, came last each each year or towards the bottom anyway um grasping onto that obviously set that final um this year but i mean about time what's your thoughts there oh it's long before time um ever since i think day one on this podcast when we started i have been part of the the voice ringing for change in fife this appointment and the signings that have followed have been stellar for Fife. Um, uh, a new start, as you say, it's definitely something that's that's needed. Um, and his connections are seem to be far-reaching, and I'm very, very interested to see what the Fife Flyers are going to do this season. Yeah, I mean, we we um we were lucky enough that. John, I mean, you got a chance to catch up there um, in person. Um, you were in Belfast last week, um, so we got caught up for for coffee on one day and a beer on the other, and we we got a good chance to chat about some of the, you know, the the comings and goings and some of the changes that are happening in the league this this you know so far this summer. Um, and we did talk about Fife, um, and you know, obviously the the signings so far. We've got what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven new players to that team, eleven new faces um, already in Fife. I mean, that's, I mean, it's good showing and we've said it before and I know sometimes we kind of get ourselves a bit excited about things quite quickly and we kind of have to wait to see what happens when it comes to the season. But I mean, I think we both were quite like, you know, oh, they look like good on paper. You know, they're really starting to put together a good looking strong team. How they do not in the budget they have, but you know, it's, it's looking, it's looking interesting. I'll, I'll be interested. Like I say, I'll be really, really interested. Um, it was worrying up until this week when there were no homegrown players signed for Fife. That was the the, the big worry to start with. Um, now, uh, just I think either today or yesterday, they finally signed a, a homegrown player, uh, which is great to see. It's a young local lad um, getting the, or a returning local lad, uh, I should say, for Fife. Um, and that's, that's fantastic to see that um, Tom Coolen has taken on board messaging probably from some backroom staff or probably from uh, chatting to Dutes, uh, who I know won't have just um, closed closed the door behind him uh, on a, a career in Fife. He, he will have spoken uh, to Tom on his appointment. Um, so hopefully some of the some of that will filter down through. Now, yes, we know that Fife had a bit of an exodus of homegrown talent. Uh, Solway Sharks being the absolute machine that they have been in this offseason and the seeming incredible work of Craig Peacock mm. as the mm-hmm. GM has pulled a lot of incredible talent across into that team. Um, and Fife seemed to be the elite league team suffering the most from that. Um, but <laughs> Shane Owen is still in nets there. Uh, you've got a new North American coach with uh, bench experience with teams like the Buffalo Sabres. 
Um, I think I put a tweet out on his appointment. It must be uh, really interesting to have worked in the home of the Buffalo Sabres and then find yourself in that car park in Kirkcaldy. Um, but yeah, like good netminding uh, and a solid, what seems to be a solid team. I'm saying it now. They, they could challenge for silverware. I think I say it every season, they could challenge for silverware. I think that's just the Pfeiffer in me coming out. Um, uh, but here's here's hoping it's actually real this time. Here's hoping that Fife can actually do something for once. When you're talking about silverware, are you talking about getting through to the Challenge Cup final again and then getting put out? Or sorry, that's that's mean. Um, you were obviously talking about the um, the caliber of teams that he he came from, Colin has come from. Um, uh, one of the things to note, he did obviously he, he's no stranger to the Elite League. Like he knows the Elite League, um, having played against the Belfast Giants in the 2019 WHF Continental Cup final. Um, in which he was coaching, he was the coach of Katowice at that time in Poland. Um, although the the one thing, correct me if I'm wrong, John, when he was with Katowice, is that the team where he was? Um, I'm sorry, well, he, he likes to he likes dropped? to throw his wardrobe. He likes to throw his wardrobe. Um, so uh, there was a, a call uh, that he he didn't agree with, and he decided to, I believe, throw his jacket on the ice, his suit yeah. jacket. Um, so. Yeah, we, we look forward to uh, getting under Tom Coolen's skin once again. <laughs> um, that'll be an interesting thing to see. John, let's stick with Scotland, um, just as since we were talking about Fife, and let's have a look up north, further up north. At least I think it's further up north, not my geography that well. Uh, and look at the Dundee Stars, um, just quickly before we turn our attention to Glasgow, who's obviously going through a lot of changes down there too. Uh, Dundee seem to also be kind of similar to Fife. Um, and I suppose Glasgow in some ways in that um, they're another team that seemed to be big on change this year, um, having signed 10 new players to the team. So again, 10 new faces, um, one or two familiar faces coming back. Um, one particular player, which I just love, which I just don't think Scott Dundee really made a, took advantage of when it first happened was uh, Johnny Walker, which just, I just think is an ideal name for someone who's coming to play in Scotland. Um a similar again, you know, obviously we see that the we usually see the likes of Dundee, Fife and Glasgow, you know, obviously competing for that biggest team in, in Scotland kind of trope. Um, do you think with the team that Dundee have put together so far, do you think they're 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 it's something that they're they're gonna be able to do this year? Are they gonna be able to do something more this year compared to previous year? And I know, we all know obviously that the uh, Dundee Stars uh, parted ways after one season. Um, you know, obviously with their coach and they they went for another new coach as well this season. I mean well, not a not a new coach, not a new coach. Well, uh, returning coach, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, that's part. I think this is part of why Dundee might be um, one to watch again. Uh, we know from a Belfast perspective, um, we feel like we we never stop playing Dundee, um, especially with the the Challenge Cup and what seems to be an endless run of games, uh, both home and away to them. Um, Mark Lefebvre, having been away, spent his time in North America. I think he went back to Europe as well after his time in North America. Um, he is in that same vein for me as Tom Coolen. He will have a lot more experience. He will have a lot more contacts. And again, this is where we're seeing the changes being rung in. I feel really bad, but this is exactly what I would have expected had Jeff Mason stayed for another season. Um, I've, I've rung on about this ever since the announcement was made uh, that Jeff was leaving Dundee is that he was not coaching his team. He was making the best of a team which was for the most part signed before he was even signed. Um, 
Now, will Mark Lefebvre be given one season um, with uh, a team that he has signed? I find it unlikely, um, especially given the, the strength and depth of feeling for Mark Lefebvre in Dundee. Um, I think that's that's what the ownership there wanted with Jeff Mason. They wanted the the Scott done good, won championships, comes comes back to Scotland and is successful. And it didn't happen, but that was through no fault of Jeff's, I feel. Um, for Dundee now, big changes, changes in netminding is always interesting to, to keep an eye on. Um, Lucas Bryan coming in there uh, between the pipes, that will be interesting. They have kept hold of Dryden Dow, uh, who massively impressed me last season, actually, on the on the D-line for them. Uh, he was really, really good. Um, they have kept a core couple in the forwards as well. Gagarin, um, or Ga- sorry, Garrigan. Every time I see it, I, I always think of the, um, the Soviet astronaut for some reason. <laughs> um, it's just something in my head. Um, Garrigan, um, he, he was fantastic. He's really speedy. Um, on the on the change up he's absolutely fantastic so i'll leave it out there i think fife are the more interesting as far as changes are concerned but dundee don't count them out look we haven't played a game yet let's not let's not count anyone out at this point no exactly win the league at this point i mean it's so all it's all unknown you know as you say like we don't know how things are going to pan out but what what we are clearly seeing especially here in, in in the scottish region what we're clearly seeing is complete new i want to say not the coin of phrase that's used over too much in hockey, but a full just rebrand, a full just re, shall we say, just like just starting fresh with pretty much all three teams. I mean, we look at Glasgow as well. Glasgow this season are also in, have also changed coach, um, owner changed ownership, um, have signed uh, Aaron Murphy as something to do with the team. I don't really know what that signing was. Media media um, manager, I think. I mean, uh, fair play. Well, look, bringing with, in... with with Viaplay leaving, the man needed a job. Well, that's true. Oh, sad times. Um, but also there in, in Glasgow as well. I mean, we have uh, we talked about you know obviously Fife and, and and Dundee and eleven and ten new players. I mean, it's the same in Glasgow. Glasgow have um, complete new complete new uh, names in terms of goaltenders. They've got um, you know start start to put together their um, their their forwards rather than they still have to focus on their defense lines. But their forwards, I mean, they're all. A lot of new names there. Um, sniped in and took a few from other teams around the league, but yeah. um, some some good names coming through for their for them too. That that's the interesting point that you make there is the the number of snipes on the forward lines. Um, so the new coach looks to have done his homework, and there looks to have been some some groundwork done uh, very early in the off season to get the likes of uh, Rob Lakovitz, uh, for example, uh, Bryce Reddick, Philip Sanch, uh, to get them across there. Glasgow, for as much as the other Scottish teams have been desperate for success for a number of years, Glasgow are a team who have been on the precipice of success for multiple seasons. They're now at the point where they they really need something. And after last season, they need to come top half of the table, I feel. Um, They need to be challenging for some sort of silverware because that fan base deserves something. Um, now, is the new ownership and is the the big signings is the this or they've taken on this thing of the the big the massive they're massive Glasgow Glasgow clan massive. Um, is that enough? Is is buying into your own hype? Is that enough? No, because halfway through the season, if you're sitting in eighth, ninth, or tenth place, your fans are going to turn on you again. 
Um, so new owner, they know the direction that they want to go in. They need to do something to get themselves at least in that top half of the table this season. Correct. I would agree. You know, let's, you know, we're talking about that bottom half, you know, of last year, the kind of those bottom three team, the, the, the Scottish teams, unfortunately, did finish the league, the league run last year, um, right at the bottom. Um, unfortunately, just, just not being able to put it together wins enough to kind of pull them up further up. I know, I think, um, you know, we talked about Glasgow last year, obviously starting off on, on a, on a, I suppose on a per foot, you know, they started off quite quite badly in terms of just the late start to the season in terms of having to gather a lot of games together at a short piece of, piece of time to try and fit them in because obviously we as we know ice was an issue last season at the start and therefore they didn't start their season officially at home until i think it was maybe like october november time nearly close to that um so this year hopefully glasgow probably are trying to put things to right from from day one um, and trying to get kind of get up there as quickly as possible start to kind of get the the ball rolling but if we're looking at towards that middle those middle pack team from last season john and um, so if we look at the middle pack of, of where the teams ended last year so we're talking about your the likes of your manchester storms your nottingham panthers and your coventry blaze um and we'll throw we'll throw the sheffield steelers in there too um we'll look at those middle you know we'll look at those middle teams um particularly at the moment you know and i suppose what what i'm asking is what i'm kind of kind of getting from you you know i want to kind of get your opinions on i suppose in relation to those teams we had the nottingham panthers who historically have always tried to be one of the the big three or four historically tried um over the last number of years they have just unfortunately not been successful in kind of rec- re- i suppose getting back to that level of you know competitive hockey that they've been used to in that in that part of the part of the woods um unfortunately they even through changes of coaching and stuff halfway through the season last year with the Nottingham Panthers it didn't really pull the way they needed it to in terms of trying to get them up uh, and running and back to kind of in contention I mean the Nottingham Panthers out of all of those teams that that ended in the mid mid place they we say this probably every season, but definitely, you know, after, you know, several attempts, I mean, they, you would imagine they have something that this year that they kind of want to make sure they're showing in terms of trying to kind of pull together and starting to kind of show that they're progressing and not just kind of getting stuck. Um, they have, yeah, I mean, moved... sorry, go ahead. For, for the English teams, like we talked about the Scottish teams and where the desperation comes from because they've been starved with success. As far as the English teams are, that are, in the league are concerned, the Nottingham Panthers are the the Glasgow clan, the Dundee Stars of England at this point in the Elite League. Um, they have been there, thereabouts. They've had uh, mild success. They've, I think they've had uh, one or two trophies over the last five or six seasons. Um, but it's not enough. Nottingham and Sheffield are supposed to be the biggest teams in the league. Um, right now there's a, a tiny team on a slightly different island that keeps winning everything so I mean what do you do the The most interesting thing for Nottingham is uh, their netminder signing is the the pulling over of uh, Rox Dojanovic from Sheffield mm-hmm. that put the cat amongst the pigeons on social media when that was announced um, now if, if he turns into an absolute stud for them especially in games against Sheffield, just watch the Tangerine boys go mental because they will eat their team alive for letting him go. Massively. Uh, I would 100%. Uh, when I, as you mentioned, John, like whenever that was announced, I think it was one of those one of those ones that caught the attention of everyone. Uh, it caught everyone's eye. Um, and I definitely think that the Panthers did something quite smart there whenever that, that, announcement, that, announcement, that announcement was signed. And I think it was a smart move for them. Um, but as you say, they kind of do need to kind of, you know, almost kind of get out of that that 
mentality. I suppose they need to try and do something in order to try and break that idea that they are the the the, the Scottish team of the of the English teams. That makes sense. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to say it that way, but you know, what I mean the, the lower end of the, the the English teams. You know, they, they I suppose they need. That's to okay. My my national back. pride didn't feel anything when you said that at all. <laughs> um, the other one I want to talk about. Um, obviously, we're going to talk. We're trying to cover um, most of the teams anyway before we move on. But Manchester Storm. Um, they had a relatively okay season last last year um proper mid-table stuck in the middle Hawaii kind of through um they usually always kind of have a good start to their season they always kind of have maybe an end struggle wee bit um so far not a lot of massive changes there in Manchester um I think they've um announced two players today or yesterday anyway this week where they've announced um, a couple of two-way deals um with um some young players um both on two-way contracts with the Hull Seahawks um so they named two players that brought in so Bobby Chamberlain and Declan Balmer and I think I, I don't know I think there's probably a few other teams but I know they're the first two that jumped out at me to say that you know obviously they're they're building towards you know obviously well let's not get into the conversation about the whole developmental stuff because there's clear clear comments made by the the heads of the elite league um following the this fixtures release and the changes to the um the rosters of this year in terms of increase of uh, um well, you, one, which you, say that, you say that and then sheffield make moves to buy their uh their lower league team well that's an interesting one want. So we, could, we, we will talk about is, that before we finish is off the, is the elite league in in the development game or is it not yeah, well, well, we'll Anthony, see. Anthony, I know you're out there. Come on, I know you've got a comment on that. Um, so I mean, Manchester, uh, just you know, uh, it's it's hard to know. Again, Manchester, as I say they've kind of kind of stuck a bit with one 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 goaltender stead, and they've replaced. And I've got a second new goaltender coming in there. Um, defense wise, it looks like a relatively new defensive line in terms of our two defensive lines anyway um but forwards wise they look quite that looks quite stable and quite a few names from last year um joined by one or two more um new names i suppose in there in manchester uh, so again unknown um but again another unknown uh, it's, it is all unknown until we see these teams on the ice but um another team that was competing right at the start of the season last year which everyone was kind of taken aback by was coventry blaze obviously um coventry were dominating both in the Challenge Cup stage as well as the Elite League stages um, in the first two to three months of the season. Um, unfortunately, kind of got that Christmas period, which always happens for a lot of the teams. Um, a mixture of maybe just fixture overload, uh, just a lot of time, a lot of teams come, a lot of players coming it, together. No, no team in the Elite League gets to talk about fixture overload. We all play the same number of games. Uh, the only time that you don't play as many games as the rest is when you get kicked out of the Challenge Cup at different stages or you don't make playoffs. So, Crimea River, everyone plays the same number of games. Um, I, I mean, in terms of of the, of the middle pack, John, obviously, like we'll look at Coventry, Manchester, and Nottingham. Just we'll call in the middle pack for now. I mean. Do you think any of those particular teams have done anything particularly different that you feel will push them that wee bit higher? Or do you think they're just destined to always kind of remain in that middle part? Uh, Coventry, massively interesting. Cameron nearly went there. Um, Coventry, once again, it's netminding that's the most interesting thing there. Um, and it's the um, signing of Taran Cozum uh, across into that team. That's that's hugely interesting. Um, Cozum previously uh, of Cardiff. Um coming across to, to Coventry now, that's that's really, that's a big move by Coventry. That's a statement move, I think, uh, to bring him in between the pipes. Um, he wasn't getting the games. I think he didn't get the split that he was expecting to get with Bouncy. 
Um, so the fact that he's come across here is part of a, what seems to be a, a three-goalie system um, with what I imagine is going to be a, a young Brit uh, as well in there. Uh, so, look, Coventry are a team that you, you can't ever dismiss. You can absolutely never dismiss them. Danny Stewart is a proven coach. Um, he's just come up against some hot opposition over the last uh, few seasons in the likes of Sheffield, Cardiff and uh, Belfast. And let's be honest, it, it's the spending power uh, as well. Um, there's all this talk of caps and spending over the cap and all the rest of it. But look, spending power is spending power. Um, and when you've got things like university deals, then they just add uh, to the, the potential draw for the players that you can bring in. And when you say that, yeah, well, actually, we will go and play in Europe. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, we, I suppose the other thing, the other question to ask then, um, moving for, moving on to the next set of teams, um, let's look at Cardiff, because um, you mentioned they're Cardiff and Sheffield. Um, Cardiff and Sheffield so far look to be the two teams who have done relatively very little in relation to changes to their teams. They have kind of stuck to uh, well-tried, uh, the tradition of well, well-tested well players that they kind of know. Um, and, you know, I think both the teams have only so far signed six, five or six new players to the teams, which are relatively smaller numbers compared to, you know, the likes of, you know, you've got your your, your Belfasts, your um, Guildford, your, your your Scottish teams all signing about maybe 10 new players, 11 new players. I mean, let's look at Sheffield first. Obviously, it was announced last week, obviously, the uh, return of, um, well, Valorant, um, but also they announced the return of Petgrave. Um, much to an interesting response from social media as well. Were those two names were mentioned? Uh, the Valorant one mostly because of the questionable video uh, that was put out of it. The, the Sheffield um, PR <laughs> oh. machine continues to bemuse everyone oh, around the yeah. league. Um, they Look, they are what they are. And to be honest, I think at this point they're playing into it um, as well. They, people know to expect to be either weirded out, creeped out, or just plain offended by what comes out of that social team. Um, so that's... They, they do what they do because they know they do it uh, and they know they generate clicks, likes and uh, traffic to their lovely website. But uh, remember to bring cash. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty cringeworthy. You're right. Um, I forgot about that Valorant one. Oh, yeah. But the Pecrave one announcement last week, I think, uh, to the to to everyone's enjoyment, I think there was a lot of uh, traction in that. I think it got a lot of it created a lot of memes anyway, um, and a lot of jokes around the league from from various different teams about um, the fact that a lot of time is spent in the penalty box. So uh, we can expect mm. a lot of. Uh, my 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 most interesting one there is uh, I noticed that they've signed uh, Mark Simpson. I wasn't I wasn't aware that uh, Mark Simpson, the the very well known BBC Northern Ireland news correspondent, was uh, a hockey player. So all power to him. Good luck. That's very specific. <laughs> very specific. Um, over. Uh, let's let's before we finish off and move on to our next part. Um, let's just have a quick look then at the the remaining three teams, the ones who were basically in the contention last year. Uh, obviously, we have one team who is the. Uh, Champ, the, the the triple champions which we'll talk about last obviously uh let's look at cardiff first um cardiff as i mentioned or no we are kind of briefly mentioned about cardiff obviously that very little in terms of you know changes wise there again five or six new players being mentioned and then kind of brought in um cardiff are heading off to um europe as well this year obviously they got the fourth place part to go to cardiff to europe which is an interesting place yep. to end and still go to go to, go to europe um but they've put they put together got sloppy 
Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy seconds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, quadruple sloppy seconds. Um, so, I mean, they, they're putting together a team, which obviously they try to keep a bit of, um, I suppose, Known, known entities are Joey Martin returning again for another season in in, in Cardiff. Uh, ben Bynes returning again as well. Um, Josh Batch returning. Mark Richardson returning. Um, Riley Brandt returning. I mean, they, they quite a few names. Ben Davies as well, as you mentioned as well. I mean, is it just a? a and I suppose this is maybe in in kind of the opposite of what maybe a bit of what the Guildford has done you know Cardiff have went for kind of like a stick to the players you know um and, and see where you go with that you know obviously um that's they're thinking that's working for them but in terms of Guildford Guildford uh, this year have come back obviously they've they've kept their their defensive parents kind of quite strong having four of them return including Ben O'Connor Mike uh, Crocock um you know they've got names like that returning, but in their terms of their forwards, you know they've got um, two or three returning players, but they've got another new names there on their forward lines. Um, Guildford obviously were right in there, um, as we know they were in first place right up to I want to say maybe January time. You know they were right there January February time anyway. They were fighting strong in that first place, holding it strong. Unfortunately, tipped by Belfast Giants. Well, thankfully for us, but unfortunately, tipped by Belfast Giants in the, at, at the end. Um, I oh, mean, right at the end, final final weekend. A Guildford out of the Mass is still there. Guildford out of the team, out of all of the teams. Uh, John, I mean, I'm right in saying probably have the toughest job this year in relation to was it a one one year fluke or can they run? Can they do a second year with another run of form? Yeah, look, it, we've always said since they joined the league, they're a team on the up. Um, when they came into the elite league with uh, Milton Keynes, it was very clear that um, Guildford were the the quality that came in, and Milton Keynes made up the numbers uh, and. Look, things happened with Milton Keynes. They dropped away down again, um, and we hope to see them back. But Guildford, they have built year on year. They've made smart changes um, in personnel. They've learned and they've grown into the elite league, uh, probably better than any team since the league's inception, really. Um, when you talk about newcoming teams, I mean, um, yes, you're absolutely right. They They not only have to prove that they can do it again. They also have a massive point to prove to their fans after rejecting the Continental Cup and using the excuse of too many uh, games to concentrate on in the Elite League, the Challenge Cup, and that they want to be successful domestically. Uh, We talked about this in the the podcast after playoffs when they made their announcement that they weren't going to take up the place. They are under the microscope as as a team, as a franchise, because of that decision. Um, Now, some will have forgotten over the summer. Some will just be craving any Guildford Flames hockey down there. But when the season starts and people start seeing Belfast going off to the the Champions Hockey League and Cardiff heading off to the Conti Cup, the competition that Guildford should be in, then that's where fans will start to potentially ask questions if domestically the Guildford Flames don't make it work. Yeah, correct. One hundred percent. I think you've 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 got that spot on. I think you're you're one hundred percent right. Uh, I mean, you've got the the issue of you know they they have something to show because obviously they've they've made a statement and they've put a statement out there to say, you know, we 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 chose one to go one way with this year because we feel that that's something we need to focus on and we need to build up on that. And they just I think they've put themselves in a point where they kind of have something that they need to show that 
we said this and we're going to stand by that and i think they now had the point where they kind of have to kind of almost like yeah really i suppose you know put us put a stamp on that to say yep we said we were going to do this and by by the performance that we're doing this year we've shown that, that, that we made the right choice because we don't want to come to the end of the year and fans to go well we didn't really perform the way we wanted to and we also missed out on that so yeah i would agree with you on that one um john just quickly um not quickly but obviously quickly the last team to obviously look at is the uh reigning defending current triple winning champions the belfast giants um the giants this year um, will be the first first team to play competitively um, in the 2023-2024 season um, when they take on when they take on the task of going to the CHL, um, and that will be just at the start of September. He says confidently. Um, team so far so far the roster for the for the Belfast Giants um, goaltending has stayed the same. Um, three familiar names of return. Um, in the in the form of Tyler Bascarani, Andrew Dixon, and um, Jackson Whistle, uh, defensive lines um, only three three familiar names returned to the, the defense lines. The rest are all brand new names. Uh, well, one returning name, shall we say, which we talked about in our last podcast in the form of Davy Phillips. Um, and then in terms of our forwards, um, a lot of our lines and a lot of the key players from from Belfast. Some some players not surprisingly left. We kind of knew it was coming. Um, but a lot of a lot of new players there in in, in terms of our forwards, um, some 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 strong names coming in in terms of um, our quality in terms of what it looks like. Um, we obviously have Giants continue the form with enjoying the name Cooper. Um, having brought in a second Cooper, a third Cooper, shall we say? Um, with so this is this is Oliver Cooper. Um, they're 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 definitely trying to find the Coopers out there. Um, what I mean. How how do you feel that Belfast is shaping up? I think potentially have one more signing. I think the announce potentially. Um, yeah, I think uh, we're 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 on the clock here to get finished by nine o'clock uh, to let the the AVFTB guys take over here um, on the the live. Uh, and I believe that they've got the final uh, signing of the the off season to announce. But Giants are shaping up incredibly well. If you're a Giants fan, they are terrifying. If you're one of the other nine teams in the league. Uh, even looking at your own rosters, I don't care if you're looking at the fact that Belfast, after the season that they've had, have been able to keep hold of their goalie trio. Um, never, ever, ever discount the value that Andrew Dixon brings to that team. Um, yes, I know that he is our third string netminder, but the work that he does with the guys at training, the work that he puts in is just incredible. And he is every part of the success that this team has had over the last few seasons, going into his 13th season absolutely incredible retaining Jackson Whistle is enormous that I think was with the exception of uh, someone who we signed on the D line I think was one of the shocks of the summer so far Um, Jackson everyone knows Tyler came back partway through last season and became effectively the number one netminder in Belfast everyone perhaps expected Jackson to maybe take a step to another team again uh, like he has done previously, and look for that number one spot. Um, but having an interchangeable team of Tyler Vescarwani and Jackson Whistle, that puts us already leaps and bounds ahead, <laughs> leaps and bounds ahead of many, many other teams. In fact, every other team, I'll say it, in the Elite League. Yes, we've lost some massive firepower in Scott Conway, but there are some signings coming up. Aaron Nazarian looks hot he looks fantastic Oliver Cooper looks brilliant and I took some heat on Twitter for this but Elijah Baraga 
coming in from Dundee. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to see how he performs as we uh, go in through the season. The the big shock, and I think we talked about it last time, Davy Phillips was effectively uh, the first signing announced by the Giants in the offseason. Um, so to see him coming back to the Giants, I love it, actually, now that I've had time to think about it, having veteran uh, defensive experience in this team, considering what we are trying to do this season. What we achieved last season was one thing, trying to do it again, you need that veteran leadership. And two names, when you talk about that veteran leadership, really jump out right now on that squad. And it's David Phillips and Mark Garside. I would I would agree. Um, first off, I'm gonna I'm gonna first I'm gonna be the first one to put up my hand, and I would say you know obviously you, you just come back to what you were saying there about our our goaltending trio, um, um, especially Jackson Whistle. I would be the first one to say that I had my doubts, and actually whenever Jackson announced that he was returning to the Belfast um, lineup, part of me, and I I mean this in no disrespect, part of me was very disappointed in the fact that the Giants had re-signed Jackson Whistle, simply for the fact that. I personally believe that Jackson had a standout phenomenal season last year before Tyler Beskarani came in um, and took that place. And I, I have, I, 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 I love Tyler Beskarani. We know I love Tyler Beskarani. Like we all do. We are we're just we're just big fans. We're big fanboys of Tyler Beskarani. Um, and when Tyler came in, I was a bit confused as to why the choices made to kind of maybe bench whistle as much as they did because West played such phenomenal hockey at one point last season yeah there was a bit of a dip around november but apart from that he had a very strong season and i kind of was a bit disappointed because when he was signed when it was announced he was signed back i just felt like and maybe this year there'll be a bit more tandem and maybe he'll play a bit more games and, and it'll get a bit you know it'll fall into place a bit more and, and whatever it is and i hope to see it but i just felt like Tyler's now, or sorry, um, Jackson's now at maybe a place where when he first went off and they kind of tried to start building a team around him in Sheffield, I think it was, if I remember correctly, and it didn't really work out too well from that first time around. But I feel that Jackson's definitely in a place now where he is on par, if not, you know, stronger slightly than a certain other English goaltender in Cardiff. Um, and I and I, I feel like it's Jackson's time to get a, get more of a start and to be seen more and I, I, gen, I do genuinely think that and uh, so part of me was kind of disappointed to see him coming back as a as a one-two tandem type thing because I just feel like he could probably get more ice time somewhere else but he's made the right choice for him obviously he's made that decision for himself and he feels that that's the right choice for him and I am only more than too happy to see both Tyler and also having um you know the tandem of of of, um, of Jackson Whistle I mean you can't beat it it's you can't beat it with a big stick um as you say John yeah you're as you mentioned it's a it's gonna be a, it's got the big question mark or the big thing that came whenever they have announcement which was not a, a surprise announcement whenever it was announced that Conway would not be returning to the Belfast Giants for the season now there is some rumors out there to say that um Conway has departed obviously for pastors new in europe um and there is rumors out there that basically say that there is kind of i don't know what, what truth there is in rumors i'm sure someone can kind of confirm or didn't confirm or not confirm because they'll have to deny it or whatever but i'm sure someone else can confirm it but there is rumors obviously that have been circulating to say that if it doesn't quite work out for him in austria you know come mid-season that there's a potential to kind of you know he's tied back into the team in some way or there's maybe some kind of agreement that's been made like a gentleman's agreement maybe that's been made that he like, could return to if that's true, be afraid, Elite League. Be very afraid. <laughs> um, well, we'll get a lot of we'll get a lot of fans from other uh, from other from other teams who'll jump on and be like, "Belfast Giants pair for the league again." I, I don't care. See, see, the only thing I'm thinking about here: see if he does come back. 
I really hope his first game is in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, let's, I expect let's... I expect him to spend at least fifty nine minutes in the penalty box. Um, we we have a lot of um, obviously as you say you you kind of summed up quite nicely there, um, John, in relation to that that kind of um, veteran lineup as opposed to the veteran the veteran um, experience that we have now on, on the ice um you know as you mentioned you know you've got your 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 brit packs and stuff that we've got there in the form of marcus garcet and david phillips um both on the d lines you know creating that veteran experience that we have um but also we have the likes of mark cooper coming back we have ben lake here long coming back as well who all knows league really well in terms of you know been playing with the belfast Giants for a long time and i'd say a lot of those those at least those five names i would say would be at least one of them will possibly be in contention for this year's uh, captaincy, I would say, um, if not assistant captaincy as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where that kind of goes. Um, and we don't have too long to wait. Um, as we mentioned already, uh, the, the the off season is quickly coming up. Um, we have the first games against the Cardiff Devils in the preseason uh, at the end of August. I think it's the 25th of August, I believe, somewhere around then. Um, and I mean, we're, we're, we're already, we're less than a month away um, now to that first um, preseason game, and and I'm sure we look, all look, can't look, wait look, for that. That's 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 not the most pressing matter right now that uh, needs to be addressed. The non- one name that we haven't mentioned that's returning on the Belfast Giants roster oh. is Sean Norris. Oh, Sean oh, Norris yeah. is returning. Number fourteen is returning. Let's be honest. The most pressing thing that has to happen right now is the Giants need to get their finger out and get the jersey released and get the pre-orders opened so that I can be ready for the season. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that will be... That, uh, apart from the most common question that I see on on, on a certain social media channel, on a certain social media uh, page, uh, the most common question is, where is the uh, shirt being released or is the new shirt out yet? Um, so we'll see when that comes out. Um, I'm sure that will be coming in the, in the matter of the next two weeks or so. I would say we'll we'll see something about that. I would I would um, hazard a guess anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think... I think there's at least four guys on this podcast who are all know which number and name and jersey they're getting this year. Um, because I know I'd definitely be getting a, a Norris jersey. Um, I wonder if there's some. I wonder if we we should price up to see how much it is to sponsor that that thing. Because um, it's definitely something I would. No, because then because then we all fight about who gets an arm, who gets that arm, who gets the front panel, and who gets the back panel. No, we'll frame it and then we'll just like stick it on our wall. Each person can have it for three months of the year. It'll be it'll be fine. It'll work out. Okay, three months, four. Three, three months, three months. Yeah, there's four of us. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that off 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 air. Um, let's stick with the. Obviously, we were talking about the the games coming up, but let's stick with um, you know, the the season the season to come. Um, let's talk first off about John your your favorite uh cup, your favorite uh competition, which is the first games of the season will be in the form of this competition in the form of the Challenge Cup. Uh, the Challenge Cup will return next year in the same. I suppose the same format as we've previously seen it in the 2022-2023 season with no changes. Um, it will be still two group stages, um, or sorry, group stages moving into semifinals, moving into quarterfinals, semifinals, and final played some point probably at the end of the tail end of the season when it should really be played at the tail end of the season. Uh, Ten teams will be divided into three groups, and the groups will have stayed the same again this year. Uh, cue the uh, obvious responses of Belfast Giants winning the group again. You know they're going to go three. Let's let's be honest. Um, eight teams will qualify. If for the we don't, final. it's your fault. 
I'm confident. I'm confident, John. Uh, eight teams will qualify for the quarterfinals. Um, both those and in the semifinals will be played at home and away and aggregate scored in series like last year. And the final is scheduled for a one-off game uh, in March 2024 with the highest seed team getting home ice advantage. Now, what I did want to, the reason why I wanted to bring this up, John, is because obviously we knew it was coming. We knew the Challenge Cup was going to be coming back as a thing. We kind of knew it was going to come back as the same thing as last year. But there was some interesting comments made um, in the release of that, that announcement this year um, in the form of uh, Mike Hicks, who is the current hockey operations uh, for the Elite League. Um, he had mentioned, it was an interesting was, um, if anybody remembers or anybody took part in the fan um, experience, or the fan um Survey. survey that was put out um just uh, towards i think it was maybe was it maybe march time um last year they put out a survey a mass survey to the fans um to ask their opinions and think thoughts on the elite league including like do you have a pet um you know that sort of thing it was really random but they released obviously some of the the kind of the the, the earliest responses to that 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 survey um some of the survey responses were just like what was the point in that? Like, why did they need that information there? What what kind of, all I know is that next, all I know is to expect for this coming season for nearly all of the teams across the league is a new range of uh, pet products um, is my guess. Um, every single team is going to have brand new pet products coming out, including like replica jerseys, I'm going to guess, because one of the things they focused on was surprisingly, a lot of the teams, a lot like 90% of the people who follow the league have a pet. And I'm like, why is that? Like what, like, which which right? exactly yeah. mirrored the statistics on pet ownership across the entire country. <laughs> it was useless data. Useless data. So, so they're, they're zeroed in on this, and yet the Challenge Cup hasn't changed. Well, I mentioned that the one thing that um, it does mention in the press in the in the in the release that the Elite League did did put out about the the, the Elite League uh, the Challenge Cup this coming season is they did put out a statement. It was said. We want to acknowledge that the format of the Challenge Cup was the highest item of negative feedback that we received in the fan survey and the continuing and that continuing with the same format in 2023-2024 is not simply ignoring this feedback. Planning for 2023-2024 had already started before we launched the fan survey and our season length and format had indeed already been agreed before the results of the survey had been presented to us. We are now having discussions looking at other formats in our league settings meetings since then and we will continue to look at what we can do here to move forward to make these changes in a new format in the following season. Uh, something that will work for all 10 teams. It's positive um, in some ways in that they're saying no, like, stop. We, we're acknowledging... They didn't well, need a survey to tell them that the Challenge Cup was going to be the most negative thing that was going to come back. They could have addressed this years ago. I agree with you. They didn't need a survey to tell them it because they just had to listen out and just look on social media and just have a look to see what the fans are saying all, around the leagues. All but, that's happened here, all that's happened here is the league has put something out and have been forced into making a statement and now are being forced because they now have something in writing that says the fans hate this competition and hate the current format of it you have to do something. Are you, uh, tell me, uh, tell me, I'm wrong. Yes, but are you not going to give them at least a bit of like kudos for at least acknowledging the fact, like, right, we're going to do something? Are you not? Are you, is there not even a bit there? You're kind of like, okay, I let them have this season because obviously they had started a planning for this season before they got the results, which they didn't need to wait for the results. But um, are you not? Are you not giving them something? Are you not going to listen? I get, I get in trouble every time when I try to do laundry at home and I put whites in with the darks, and they come out ruined. And I acknowledge every single time that I need to try harder. Do you know what? It still happens. You you separate this your is... whites? You separate whites and darks? Absolutely. You don't 
I just bong everything in. Wow, this has taken us down a different avenue. But anyway, <laughs> the Elite League, the Elite League, by acknowledging it, are basically saying, yeah, okay, you got us. Oh, we didn't know the Challenge Cup was the thing that you all hated. Okay, we'll have a look at it, guys. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See see you for see you for 24-25, guys. Uh, <laughs> to see the, the new format with the final, I don't know, probably sometime in June. We hate it. We hate it, but we we love we 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 love to win it. Um, that's the oh, absolutely format's absolutely perfect. We keep winning it. Who cares? <laughs> um, last before we finish off, um, as I said, we're trying to keep it short and sweet and just kind of do a quick roundup. But the last thing I just wanted to kind of have a quick chat about John before we we finished off the podcast for this um for this week uh, or for this month, I should say, um, is just the one thing that has been interesting uh, coming into this season is the Elite League also released a bit of information in relation to uh, preseason. Uh, season ticket sales shall we say um and how the season ticket sales have done so far this season obviously we talked at the end of last season about how it was one of the strongest seasons in the um, elite ice hockey era in relation to attendances right across the league we've seen some fantastic um attendances uh attendance attendances attended, attended um some amazing um ticket sales right across the 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 late, the late league for all teams um maybe not so much for fife um but um I mean, it's positive. Did you get a chance to have a look at this in terms of what they were saying about the the, the ticket sales for for um you know for um season tickets this year? Yeah. So basically, I think if I'm right, everything is on the up except for Fife, who've pretty much stayed the same. But this was released, I think, pre Cullen signing, um, and I know that there's been a big upswing and actually season ticket sale season ticket. Early bird sales, I think, for Fife actually only closed tomorrow uh, because they've realised that fans were sitting waiting. I think sales were very, very poor uh, up until Coolin signing. Um, but it's yes, I have read this. To go back to the original question, yes, I have read this. It is really, really good to see that you've got the the big teams uh, are upping their season tickets. So we are clearly becoming more mainstream as a sport more people are choosing to go to these games on a regular basis uh more bums in seats means more money for the league which should mean a better product um it's interesting that this is happening um and this may not be where you thought the discussion was going but i find it interesting that this is happening at a time where the league in itself is managing itself in a very interesting way in that we now no longer have a league sponsor we now no longer have a broadcasting deal. So things are getting a little bit more insular and a little bit more local again uh, because we don't have either of those. And uh, look, I, I know that everyone out there is hoping that there's going to be some kind of announcement about some sort of streaming service uh, that's going to be there. We've got, for the last couple of seasons, we finally had all 10 teams with webcasts. The, it, it's there. It's there to be done. Uh, and I've had a, a, a chat with a few people about how this gets done and you region lock it um, the same way that the NHL does. Um, that stops the argument from the likes of Sheffield and Nottingham about locals won't come to the game if they can watch it at home. Of course they will. People people can live right next door to football stadiums and get it on their, their TV, but choose to go to the stadium for the atmosphere. So for some people, watching it on TV works better. Uh, it, it suits their personal circumstances better. Or for the likes of me, 
who can't go. And I, I know the Giants have answered this uh, in a way. I can't go to as many Belfast Giants home games as I used to, but now I can get the streaming season ticket. Uh, granted, I'm, I'm not really willing to pay the same as I would for a season ticket at the game as I do for streaming, so I don't do that. Um, I'd be interested to see what the, the uptake and the numbers are on that and how big that's been. But the biggest thing for me is the game is on the increase, which is fantastic. Uh, you've got the likes of Cardiff, um, who've broken their franchise record for season tickets. You've got Glasgow um, with all the news around their new ownership, their new coach, their big new sign-ins. Um, they've had a huge upswing in uh, season ticket sales. That was a big season ticket um, core that they had anyway, and they've managed to increase that even off the back of a very, very controversial season, which is great news for them. Um, Manchester, I believe as well, I think reading through this, they've also seen an upswing across the board we're seeing an upswing hockey is becoming more mainstream and it's fantastic to see yeah um i, I agree i mean you've got some impressive um stats and figures coming out there for right across the league you know we've got the likes of um an increase of um almost that glasgow confirmed that almost 50 percent of their overall arena capacity was sold to season tickets um an increase of 25 percent of their season ticket holders increase from last year you have uh the Manchester announced that they have 30% more people have applied, have taken season tickets this year. Again, setting another record there. Nottingham, 250 additional new season tickets, not really percentage given there. Uh, Belfast hasn't given percentage, but they have stated that it's the highest ever season ticket sales since the club's inception in 2000. I mean, fantastic numbers. And as you say, it's strong and it's it's a, it's a positive thing. Coming back to what you were mentioning there, John, just before we finish off, um, coming back to what you were mentioning in relation to, it was kind of a chat that we were having in the last podcast, but since our last podcast, it has been confirmed that the that Viaplay in general have um, removed their broadcast or taken away broadcasting in, in general outside of um, outside of their whole market. Four, they're completely changed the market. <laughs> they, they come out. Completely. Um, so whenever we had surmised last year at the end of our, our last podcast, you know, what did this mean for the league? Obviously, they've lost their, their title sponsors. They've lost broadcasting. Where does the broadcasting go? I know you mentioned there about the webcasts and each team has their own webcasts. We're never going to see a webcast feature or webcast system or service like people out there and i don't mean to sound rude but people out there who think that there's there's some solution to have some kind of like nhl quality streaming service for the elite league that's never going to happen um it's not a possibility and the reason being is that each team would lose too much revenue by agreeing to some form of streaming service that is across the whole of the the whole team. How do you set a pricing point um, that's 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 fair for all of the teams, and how do the teams get enough money out of that, that price point? Because if you think about it, people are not willing to spend more than say fourteen ninety nine a month, maybe on a streaming service. Shall we say? And I think I, the, mean, I think the difference. I think the difference uh, in what I would expect the difference between an NHL game center situation and an EIHL game center situation is that you wouldn't be buying a subscription that grants you access to all 10 teams i think you'd be in a you would be purchasing your your streaming ticket your streaming season ticket for your team the one thing i think that would do is it would make the price more competitive for 
other teams, what I but, think it would do is it would aid the away fans more. So if you've got Dundee fans who can't make it down to Guildford, if you've got Belfast fans who basically can't make it to any of the nine other arenas, that is who that helps. That, that solves that away deal problem. And then, then that becomes would... a revenue. But then that becomes a revenue split with the away teams. It becomes an away issue. If you like, and I think that I think there's a way that that balances, and I think there's a way with sponsorship where that makes economic sense for the yeah. league. And this is the this is the key thing. I'm not expecting the league to do this on its own. It has to come with sponsorship. It has to come with infrastructure, and it has to come with experience. So someone has to come in and do this. I don't expect the elite league to suddenly employ uh, one of the streaming services who provide uh, a service for one of the ten teams right now, because I don't think any of them are set up in a in a way that they can offer that, with the exception of maybe one or two, especially one who currently blocks me on Twitter because I was critical of the product that they were providing at the time. They do a lot of other sports. They provide uh, outside broadcasting for things like uh, Premiership Rugby and a few other things. They're one of the few that I think that could be set up in a way to do this. But they're already involved with the league. If they thought that was something that they could do, if they thought that they could provide a broadcast scheme or system i expect that they would have brought that forward by now i think there's a, a model where it works i don't work in uh media i don't work in corporate um corporate anything um i i don't know what the solution is but to me as a lay person looking from the outside in if it works elsewhere why can't it work here yeah we're a smaller see- we're a smaller league and i feel like it can work just uh, just looking at some of the comments there, I've just seen that um, Anthony Russell um, from Banners of the Wall um, made a good point. He was saying that if Australia can do a single platform for all their st- uh, streams, there is zero reason it can't happen here. The reason why it won't work is cardness and short-sightedness. That's a fair enough comment. Um, I think this is definitely a, a, a conversation that we'll probably keep hearing throughout this season. I think it's definitely something, now that we know that there's no specific broadcasting this year coming for the, the league um obviously the, the attention is going to turn to next year in terms of the 2024 2025 season in terms of like how do we secure something for that point because it's we're too we're too close to the season now for something that for them to announce something for this season so obviously we're, they're going to look towards well what do we do for moving forward from next year do we get another broadcast right coming in from someone do we do we go to the likes of like bt sport do we go to someone to kind of do something as a weekly product you know and i think that is definitely something we're going to keep talking about throughout the season so unfortunately for anybody who listens into our podcast i'm sure this is definitely going to be a, a point that's going to come back um several times this season a bit like our, 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 our when we normally do our normal podcast and we talk about the nhl and we talk about um our favorite player in the nhl it's going to kind of come up like that where we're going to kind of talk about this maybe some more throughout the season as it kind of goes along John, um, I'm mindful that we we said we keep it short. Um, I think we've covered everything so far that we wanted to cover. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else that you feel that we haven't talked about that we wanted to mention? Nothing that's sticking out to me. I just want to um, shout out a new find rightly. I, I dangled that worm uh, and he came straight on there. Anthony, yes, uh, your your point is absolutely correct about uh, Tony Smith's answer on uh, proposals for increasing uh, imports uh, and everything else. And uh, I will, we will go in further. We haven't talked much about it at this one. We just mentioned that the Steelers Steel Dogs uh, situation. Um, let's let's leave that for when we've got a little bit more time to talk about it because that is a, a bigger a bigger animal in itself. I think that creates a larger conversation, and I think uh, potentially we've we've said it multiple times. I think having someone like yourself on to talk about that would be uh, fantastic as well, given your experience with uh, with that league. 
Um, with that, I think then that's everything round up for, for so far from June until now. Um, we will be back um, pretty early on, I'd say, in August, um, probably in the next two to three weeks anyway, um, to try to get back into our regular schedule of every fortnight from moving forward uh, in the regular season. Um, so we will come back before the preseason games start um, and before the CHL starts to take um, take off. Um, so we will come back to it. Um, I have officially booked my tickets to uh, Austria um, last night. Um, so I'm off to Austria. Sorry, guys. Um, sorry. Sorry, John. Sorry, Dave and Aaron. Um, I'm off to Austria. It's fine. To it's fine. I'll just, I'll just go to Dundee, shall I? <laughs> you go to Dundee. Um, I know Dave's actually off to, I think, somewhere for work, actually, that that um, during the Austria um, game. But um, anybody who is going to Austria, I will see you there. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it is it's part of my birthday present. I won't tell you what else I'm going to do. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I'm going to uh, the Red Bull Ring as well while I'm there. Um, which is obviously a, a nice Formula One track um, in Austria. So we're going there as well for one of the days um, and a potential uh, track experience, which is an interesting one. Um, so we'll see. Um, but um, with that, we will just sign off for this week. Um, I'm Marty. I'm John. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>